East Hales of Baptist Church this morning. Uh, just a couple of announcements before we do the welcome. Next Sunday we'll be in the sanctuary and we have a baptismal service. And once again, I'd like to say if you're a candidate for baptism, please contact the church office so that we could set that up. We'd really appreciate it. Um, also, we'll be voting on our budget next week and nominate committee report. That'll be our, our business meeting that we're having. And uh, something I need to mention, you've been following Amy Shook online about her dad. You know, two weeks ago he was in a head-on collision. Uh, about 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning, unfortunately, he's at Baptist. And uh, next 48 hours are really touch and go for them, so pray for them. They have some really big decisions to make, and I'll be going down in the morning. Uh, but we started a GoFundMe page. I know Saturday's probably the worst time to start that, but if you want to get on my link and just click on there, uh, they could really appreciate it. And we'll do a barbecue for them probably in February. But remember, uh, Amy and their family uh, saw so much tragedy the last four or five years. But God's good, he's in control, and he's been with them during this time. But please remember them in prayer. I want to thank you so much for being here, those of you that are online and those of you that are here in person. So if you'll stand up, and let's welcome one another to the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you. You can be seated. It's my great privilege and honor to uh, welcome Bethel Colony of Mercy here at East Hillsville Baptist Church. Uh, October will be my 20th year here, and I know at least for 20 years we've been supporting Bethel, and I think many years before that we've been supporting Bethel. And they're located in Caldwell County, just across the county line, 
And I'm going to encourage you um, to take one of these whenever you leave. They're on the table um, back there because you may need this at some point in your life or maybe a family member might need it. Bethel's been so good to take uh, people in. Um, I've personally had friends who have uh, gone through Bethel and are doing really good now. I've personally helped a couple of my buddies uh, pay their tuition over there and all that. But the reason they can keep costs low is because you're going to give this morning, right? You're going to have a, an opportunity to invest in this ministry at the end of this church, at the end of this church service. Jesus said to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. One of the ways you can do that is to give. At the end of this service, we'll have ushers at each of the doors. You can write the checkout, write the checkout to East Hazel Baptist Church and put Bethel or Bethel Colony of Mercy in the memo. And every dime you give this morning will go to them. We'll also have a link on our webpage. You can give all week. And we'd like to write them a big old check for next week. I really believe in this ministry. It's one of the favorite, my favorite ministries that we support. I had somebody Friday come by my office, Pastor, and he is who he is today because of Bethel Colony of Mercy. And just so thankful for that. So thankful for what, uh, for what you're doing. And uh, uh, hang in there, brother. Uh, what you're doing is a good thing. And I'm so thankful that it's so close. Okay, we all probably have a family member, a friend, or somebody that's going to need this ministry at some point in time. And I want to thank everybody for being here. Let's give them a hand clap for being here. But I'm going to stop talking and invite the pastor up, and this service is yours, brother. In my heart on this one, yes. Greetings. Greetings from Bethel Colony of Mercy. My name is Pastor Paul Pruitt. It is such a privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, we have a greeting here at Bethel uh, that goes something like this. Uh, uh, will you all help me out real quick? Attitude check. East Taylorsville, will you join in with me on that? Let's try that again. Attitude check. Amen. That was weak. I heard them louder than you. All right. All right. Let's try it one more time. You ready? Attitude check. Amen. That's what we're all here about. Amen. We're not here about Bethel or any, uh, any other reason except to glorify the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That will, that's what we're here about. Amen. How, how many is familiar with Bethel Colony? Okay, quite a few hands in the congregation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You just made my job lots easier. Amen. Amen. But let me, let me share a little bit about Bethel because that wasn't all the hands. And, and uh, as Pastor Jamie uh, has already said, there is such a need for what we do in, uh, in the communities there. And Bethel's been around since 1948. That's probably why some of you have heard about us. Our name uh, has been out there for this year will be 74 years that we've been around. Amen. Amen. That gives, uh, deserves to give God glory, all the glory. Amen. 74 years uh, there. How it kind of started was uh, from the Claffies, Jim and Eva Claffey. Mr. Claffey had a drinking problem, and uh, he was looking for help. And when he was looking for help, he could not find a Christian program in the Carolinas uh, to help him out. Uh, so he went all the way to Whiting, New Jersey, at uh, America's Keswick Colony of Mercy there. And uh, as he uh, changed his life there, God radically did a work in him uh, a board uh, down the road here in Salisbury there uh, was getting together and as they were getting together looking to plant a Bethel uh, God put them two back together and he became uh, the founding director at Bethel Colony of Mercy 
And um, God just continued to grow what they had been doing. I understand even back in the earliest, the 50s, the drinking problem was so bad uh, that they had 50 or so beds was filling up back in the 50s there. Uh, they didn't have enough beds to meet the need, so they were pulling cots in. People were having to check in with their own bed there uh, to, uh, to get help there. So uh, the need of addiction has been around longer uh, than the current epidemic that's going on. Amen. Amen. It's been going on around for a long time there. And so uh, uh, God, is, uh, God used Pastor Paul Ritchie. How many remember that name, Pastor Paul Ritchie there? Uh, 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 for the last 26 years uh, um, prior me uh, to be the director there, and there was a growth pl plan that went on, and that growth plan... Um, um, uh, I think we've met it and probably going to need lots more because the uh, addiction epidemic that's going on in our country there, uh, we, we can't keep up with. And so I'm glad that growth plan was in place before the opioid crisis hit. And our hopes was to minister to 100 guys. And after we get our, um, at a time, after we get our halfway house straight, we'll be able to do that. And, um, uh, and we have just been continuing to grow every single day. When people ask me about how's the ministry going, it's one of those things that you wish you could tell people it's shrinking. Do you know what I mean? I wish you could tell them it's shrinking. And why I mean that is that means less people need help with overcoming addiction and then just get plugged into the church. Amen. Amen. But what we're doing is having to grow every single uh, day there. We have a unique um, uh, approach to uh, uh, the ministry of dealing with addiction. A lot of people, when they think about addiction, they think of the word rehab. Uh, they usually think hospital and mental health there. Uh, can I tell you, we don't take that approach. Uh, matter of fact, we are a transformation center, right? We're a transformation center because that's what God does. He transforms live, and he told us to be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? And so we're in the business of transforming lives there. And uh, even Jesus, when he set, uh, come on the scene there, he um, oh, hit a verse out of uh, Isaiah. Luke records it there. And this is the verse that he, when he began to start his public ministry, he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set liberty to them that have been bruised there. Can I tell the Lord is in the saving business. Amen. He is in the saving business. Don't matter if you need saving uh, from what other, uh, what sin. God is able to save from all sins. And amen. Uh, I'm telling you, addiction is not a disease. It's a sin issue. In our culture, we have been bombarded with the idea that it's a disease. Can I tell you, according to the scripture, that's not true. Amen. It's not true. Uh, and and uh, Jesus can heal diseases. Amen. Amen. But it's a sin problem. It's a moral problem there. And every one of us have an issue with morals. Every one of us have an issue with sin because we're all born under Adam. Hello? And as we're born under Adam there, we need the second Adam come, according to the New Testament, need Jesus to come to save us and die for us because we could not do it ourselves. Amen? Amen. So Jesus come to set the captive free, and he's doing that. We see that every single day. And so in our approach there, we magnify Jesus Christ. And we have a key book, the inerrant and fallible word of God. Amen. That is our textbook. The Bible teaches us uh, that the word of God, when everything else passes away, the word of God is going to stand forever. Do you believe that? 
Amen. Uh, we, we understand that this book is uh, 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 concerning everything pertaining to life, to holiness, to righteousness, to living. It teaches us everything about life there. And so we're teaching them the Word of God. Amen. Now, some of the key principles that we believe that helps them overcome, I'm going to give you five of them, Brother Jamie, there, that we reiterate through the program over and over and over uh, there. And we believe if, all, if believers will practice these five principles, that they can be successful in whatever they do. And the first principle that we teach them over and over is to live by the Scriptures. You believe if you live by the Scriptures, you can be successful? Amen. Amen. I'm going to need to do another attitude check. Wake everybody up. Amen. Amen. We, we live by the scripture. We'll be successful. The second one is praising God continually. We love to praise God. And having that mindset of thanksgiving, having that mindset of praise, having that mindset of giving God glory changes our attitude in facing everything. Trials, tribulations, hardship, uh, somebody at work, uh, issue in our family, uh, disrupting our community there. When we've got a mindset of looking to praise God in it, it changes everything in our heart and our perspective of uh, overcoming. Protect and guard your thought life. How many understand that's an everyday battle? protecting what's going on in here, making sure we're watching what goes in here and comes in here because it does something in here that we tend to act on eventually according to what Scripture tells us there. So protect and guard our thought line. Submit to discipline. They chuckled real quick back here when we said that. Isn't it amazing there? We, 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 we trained up for 18 years uh, underneath parents and everything to learn how to submit to our parents, learn how to submit to classroom, how to submit to those in church and everything. But when we get in adults there, we don't always like to submit sometimes, do we? Uh, there, but we still got to have that mindset that we're always disciples. We're always uh, being to be teachable, so we can continue to submit to whatever discipline God is bringing in our life and structure in our life. Amen. The fifth one there that I think is very important for all of us is cultivating right relationships. It's important who we allow in our life. Amen. It's important who we get close to. It's important who we hang out with. And so that's part of our big part of our aftercare program is get plugged into the local church. Amen. That, that's where you're going to continue to grow of what Bethel has been teaching uh, them. And so in the day in life there, we are reiterating these principles in multiple types of ways there. Uh, we have a classroom every single morning. Uh, we have a quiet time at first, and then we have classroom for an hour and a half where they are uh, teaching them to live by the Scriptures, what, what the Scriptures uh, uh, say to them and how they can be victorious according uh, to how the Scriptures teaching us to be overcomers in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, they are uh, through the week there. They are pulled aside and have a counseling session uh, at least once a week, where they can meet with their individual counselors and get to their specific needs. There, all, all of us have some general structure that we need in Scripture, but each one of us deal with some wounds in our life. Amen. And as we deal with those wounds in our life, sometimes that's so delicate. We need somebody we can trust that understands the word and understands the love of God to help navigate us through that hurt so we can be healed and be set free in Jesus' name and not depend on a crutch. If we're going to name a crutch, call him Jesus. Amen? Amen? Because he can keep us up. Amen? Uh, and so in the... Um, 
in that day, in that day in life of Bethel, we also have uh, besides the morning teaching, they also have uh, three audio teachings or video teachings that they listen to throughout the week. Uh, they also go through. Uh, have you ever heard of the Navigator series? by Nav Press there, Pastor Jamie's nodding his head, he, he's seen that, um, uh, it's a workbook that gets into the basics and fundamentals of uh, what the Bible is, who Jesus is, who God is, what sin is, and they work through those because we have people from all range of understanding of faith uh, that come through Bethel. We have people, some people who've never been in a Christian home, never been in a church there. I've had some people come, only time they've ever been to a church was when their parents wanted to do something. They would drop them off to Sunday school class for the hour, and they'd go on, do their business, and come pick them up uh, after church there. And that was their only uh, um, understanding or welcome them into a church period. I, I've had some who are atheists. I've had some. We've, we have people who come from um, uh, Muslim backgrounds, uh, Jehovah's Witness, Mormon's background, Hindu background. We've had people from all walks of life come through Bethel. So we start right there at the fundamentals right there at the very beginning and start building that foundation correctly on the inerrant infallible word of God. Amen? Amen? And, and so we have the min, a minimum of 65-day program. Uh, after 65 days, we have four 30-day programs that they can be a part of. Uh, if they decide they want to continue to work on their life even deeper, we have a VSP program. So after 90 days, they could commit to six months. So you literally could be at Bethel for nine months there uh, if you chose to and, the, and you're applying yourself there. Uh, you could be there nine months there. Uh, let me give you a little bit of picture where the uh, where these men and women come from real quick there because we get people from all over the place there. Uh, first, help me out, these uh, um, ladies and gentlemen. Help me out. Who heard about Bethel from a website? All right, about two or three people there. All right, who heard from Bethel uh, because somebody else who went through Bethel or legal services or something like that told you about Bethel there? As you can see, that was like 95% or so heard it from someone else there. As Brother Jamie pointed out uh, at the beginning there, uh, uh, there he, he sent people to Bethel and uh, he met with somebody this past week who has been doing really well, uh, well after Bethel there. That is the number one way people hear about Bethel Colony is from unchanged life already. Amen. You can't argue with a testimony, amen? Can't argue with, I was bound in addiction, uh, I, I, I was uh, walking a road of literal hell, and God has done something in my life, and now I'm walking on the streets of heaven right here on earth, amen? It's hard to argue when God does those miracle works in our life, amen? And so as you saw, 95% of uh, the individuals here, uh, that's how they heard it. Where are you guys from? Where are you guys from? Who's from? All right. Who's from, let's start right here at home. Who's from New York? I mean, uh, <laughs> who's from North Carolina? All right. As you can see, majority are local to our state there. How many's from South Carolina? All right. A few South Carolinians. Uh, who's from Georgia? Got a few Georgia boys. Uh, who is from Alabama? Florida? Florida? Okay. Going up north there. Anybody from Virginia? Virginia? Okay. What about uh, Maryland? Maryland, Delaware, uh, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, all right. <laughs> uh, well, who have I missed? Michigan, that's right, we get quite a few from Michigan. Uh, there is a group in Michigan that are Celebrate Recovery Group in there. Uh, they started sending people here, and we've just had a train of people uh, come all the way from Michigan uh, to Bethel Con. Did I miss anybody? Tennessee. 
Tennessee. Yes, sir. West Virginia. Can't forget West Virginia. Amen. Amen. Uh, so we get them from all over the place. Years ago, Billy Graham uh, wrote, uh, ministry wrote about uh, Bethel Colony and one of their magazines. And when uh, they did that, uh, it spread all over. And we started getting people from the western side of the country as well. So we literally get people from Hawaii, Alaska, California, uh, um, uh, Nevada, uh, Texas. Uh, we have literally got people from Canada, Mexico, uh, East Africa, and uh, um, uh, uh, Switzerland, I believe it was, uh, there. We've had people from all over uh, come to Bethel. Praise the Lord. Amen. And that's because of what I pointed out to you, changed lives, testimonies. Amen. Amen. Matter of fact, just recently I found out that we have, and you'll probably be getting the issue here shortly if you um, uh, get Newsweek magazine. How many are familiar with Newsweek magazine there? Newsweek magazine just listed their top uh, addiction uh, uh, rehabilitation services in America and in North Carolina, Bethel Colony was listed number five in North Carolina there. And uh, I'm glad. We didn't do anything to work towards that. We didn't set any goals for Newsweek magazine. We're just doing the work of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And it's nice when the world sees something that God is doing is successful and they say something about it and uh, it causes more people to hear about it and come to Bethel. Amen. 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 Well, one of the questions you probably have there is how, how much does this cost? Uh, Brother Jamie mentioned to you about an offering there. How much does it cost to uh, uh, come to Bethel Colony? I want to first give you a comparison real quick, okay? Uh, how many has been to other programs? Okay. Uh, in those other programs, can you give me a gist of how much it costs a month or so? 3000 for 30 days, one place. 500 a day at another place. 15000 anybody else? 18000 all right, as you can see, it costs quite a bit to do, uh, help people overcome an addiction there for people to come and stay with you for 30 days. And you think about what it would cost at your household uh, or what it does cost at your household to run you, the two of you or the four of you of your family and kids there. Uh, my, as I told pa Pastor Jamie there, my household never goes home. Amen. My congregation stays with me all the time. Amen. Amen. We, we, we just walked down. I, I live about 100 yards from the main office there. And I just walked down to my house uh, morning and evening there. Uh, uh, there, and, uh, and the plus of that is if there's a problem going on, I've had literally people who were thinking about leaving walk by our road and knock on our door and uh, have the chance to talk to them and not leaving and leading some of them to the Lord Jesus there. So I'm glad we can be right there close by so we can help out when needed. Amen. Amen. It's uh, never, never at a convenient time, but it's always a God time. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, um, so what, what, what does that cost there? Uh, it literally costs Bethel somewhere around a little bit over a million dollars for a year. Uh, when you think about it, we have, uh, we're able to hold, right now we're at 75 with a man, we're able to hold 88. I'm praying for a counselor, so y'all help pray with me, okay? We're down one counselor there, and uh, we we uh, praying for that individual. So I'm only minister to 75 at the men's campus, 14 at the ladies' campus there. Uh, so when you're, you're thinking about over 100 people, uh, not counting our staff, it costs quite a bit when you're there for 65 days plus. Amen? Amen. 
These ladies and gentlemen will tell you, though, that in their coming in, they only had to pay $350 entry fee for them to come in. Amen? 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 And some of them will also tell you that they didn't even have that, and we've never held anybody back from coming into the ministry to get help because of money. Amen? And we never will. Never will. Amen? We want to continue to help there. And why is that? Uh, how is that? Because of the grace of God. Because God wants people to be set free. And thankfully, the church and churches come around us and graduates and graduates' families and local business come around and say, hey, we want to help too. We see the need uh, there and we want to help too. And the need has done nothing but increase. I don't know if you saw the newspapers a little while back there that they mentioned in 2021 that nine people a day were dying for over, over an addiction overdosing and addiction in North Carolina alone, that it has gone up 40% uh, there and it continues to keep, continues to increase on a daily basis there. So the need is great, amen? The need is great there. Uh, so uh, I, I hope I've answered probably most of your questions there. I want to get into the, uh, the business of worshiping now, amen? Amen, amen. How many are ready to praise the Lord? Amen, attitude check. Amen. They beat you on that one there. If you will stand, please. Another blood-bought, faithful member of 
Do you see any evidence of God's work going on? Amen. Amen. Let, let me give you a different picture of that evidence there. How many of you, since you've been to Bethel Colony, has uh, put your faith in Jesus Christ to, for you to be born again? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me, let me get a different picture. How many of you, uh, you, some of you were already born again before you come to Bethel, you strayed away, but now you've come back and rededicated your life to the Lord since you've been to Bethel Colony? Amen? Amen. There, uh, we, we're thankful for the evidence of what God is doing uh, at Bethel Colony every single day. Uh, it's because he's a good God. Amen. It's not because of Bethel. It's because he's a good God. He's doing it, I'm sure, right here at East Taylorsville Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. Every single day. There, I want to uh, give you another uh, picture as well individually from some of these students there uh, of what God is doing in their life there. Big Mike, come on, brother. Oh, I thought he exited stage right there for a minute. <laughs> Tell him your name, where you're from, and what God's doing. Hills of West Virginia, and the Lord's really been uh, doing very, very good things in my life. I will uh, start you out with telling you uh, I went to college at Concord University. Uh, when I went there, uh, that's all I thought about was football. And most of all, I thought about drinking and partying. And, you know, I don't want to, everything I say here, you know, I don't, I don't I want them to glorify God, and I don't want to glorify any drugs. But how I lived was every night was Saturday night, and every Saturday night was New Year's Eve. That's how I lived. And uh, it's not a good way to live. Well, I went through college. I met a girl. And I thought it was fun, you know, we drank and party and stuff together. And we ended up getting married, but it was like nine years of living in sin. And wasn't about a year or so go by, and she wanted to keep partying, but I didn't. And she ended up cheating on me. And uh, <clears throat> I went through a divorce, which was really rough. A good 20 months of my life was really rough. But uh, I found myself, search, I was searching for myself. And I was looking for people to talk to, you know, things like that. I was searching the internet for a lady. Well, <clears throat> I found this lady. Her name's Dawn. Quebec at that time. Her name's Cox now. Uh, she, we met, met a, you know, Mexican restaurant. And we just fell in love. And, you know, we, we got married at a church in uh, <clears throat> Parisburg, Virginia. It's called the Elkin Valley Baptist Church. It was very special to me. You know, we was before God, and we sang How Great Thou Art at our wedding. Well, <coughs> we lived there for about seven years, and we was both working at Walmart. Well, when COVID hit, uh, I guess I thought I'd start to backslide a little bit. And uh, so I started drinking a little more than I should have been, and, and things like that, and uh before I know it, I'm on a leave for my back's hurt. And I go down and talk to her dad and everybody else trying to get me through this depression and all this stuff I'm going through. But basically all it was is me wanting to get drunk and doing what I want to do, not God's will at all. <clears throat> well, it got so bad that 
I had to move in with my in-laws. But that's not a bad thing because they're some of the best people on earth. God-fearing people, and that's where I, need, I know I need to be. Well, uh, when I get there, I know it's a, it's a dry house, so I can't drink. Well, I messed up a few times. Well, one day, I go into my mother-in-law's room, and uh, I see a can of computer duster. <laughs> That's right, I said computer duster. And my flesh just needed that fix. So I took the computer duster, and you know, instantly my flesh was relieved, and and uh, nothing happened then. And then one Friday afternoon, I was going to Walmart to get some Miracle Grow and a couple cans of duster. And uh, I couldn't wait till I left the parking lot, so I hit a few times in the parking lot. Then before I know it, I'm in this parking lot somewhere, don't know where I'm at. I'm like, well, I can just make it home, I ain't a couple miles away. Next thing I remember is uh, somebody saying, are you all right, are you all right? Well, I wrecked my car, hit a tree, and uh, even though they was dragging me out, I was worried about it. I was gonna leave that can of duster behind, right? And even the next day, I knew it was in that car. Well, <clears throat> I know I needed to change. I was becoming a very toxic husband to my wife. And that wasn't good for either one of us. So I know I had to go to Bethel. And one of the things that brought me to Bethel, and one of the things I would recite to myself is Psalm 121. <clears throat> I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let my foot slip. He who watches over he who watches over me will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my shade at my right hand. The moon, the sun will not harm me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord uh, watches over my life. The Lord watches over my wife and life and keeps me from all harm. He will watch over my coming and going, both now and forevermore. And that really got me to Bethel. And, uh, I've learned so much since I've been at Bethel and just the great men and Pastor Pruitt and the, you know, Pastor Turner, Pastor Zach, Pastor Loss, Pastor Richie, they all been great, plus so many other men, all these men right here. They've been awesome and helped me through this. And I shared this kind of the other day with these guys, but uh, there's a statistic that uh, it's about the top two fears in the United States. Well, the first fear is public speaking, what I'm doing right now. And the second fear is death. So that means you would rather be in the coffin than giving a eulogy. But I, <laughs> I want to let you know that I'm not scared of either one. Because I know, thank you, I know God has saved me from hell and the grave and damnation. And I just want to thank him and glorify his name the rest of my days. Amen. One of the things that I saved for now was in the life of Bethel, it's grown uh, and grown into two campuses. 
And then this second campus there, uh, we started four years ago, the women's campus there, as we uh, uh, were seeking and praying and asking God, what we can we do in these marriages? And we kept seeing the cycle over and over of helping a man and they go home and their wife be in addiction and he would be right back in addiction and both of them uh, doing bad. And we, uh, the Lord put it on our heart to start a women's ministry there, an expansion of Bethel. The women's campus is uh, tw about 20 miles away uh, from the men's campus, close enough we can work together, far enough away to stay out of trouble. Amen. All right. And uh, so we work together all the time, and, um, and uh, one of the things that we've seen uh, in Bethel there, uh, being able to help couples, husband come to the men's campus, wife goes to the women's campus there, and we've seen about eight of those couples come through Bethel there, and we've seen great success go on as both of them go through some of the same tra training, same counseling there, and then if we can, if they'll stay long enough with us, we can bring them together and do couples counseling so when they go home, uh, they'll be on the same page. We also have, uh, matter of fact, a staff member now uh, who has, uh, they, they decided to go through our VSP program in this process, so we met with them every single week after their initial 90 days there and kept counseling them and moved them in a house after they graduated and kept counseling with them and uh, they're doing wonderful uh, matter of fact um, they just had their first child um, they um, uh, she works at the women's campus now and uh, he is being promoted in his work and they're looking I believe to start Bible college online if I'm correct there uh, as well because they want to be in the mission field uh, and doing the missions for the Lord. So we've seen great results uh, go on with doing the couples there. And so we're very thankful that the Lord's opened up this women's campus uh, because it, it's, it's not just the men and it's not just the women. It's a whole family. It's a whole family affair. And some of you understand that because you've had your family that's go through addiction that you go through it with them as well. And that's part of our hopes as we go forward is helping the whole family to overcome and heal uh, through this process there. And we're thankful that we've been able to take this next step with the women's campus. And with that being said, I want to invite one of the ladies to come share a testimony. Hi, I'm, I'm really nervous. So if y'all will all just take like a really quick minute and just say a little prayer for me. Um, my name's Carrie, Carrie Barnes. Um, I'm 34 years old. I'm from Shelby, North Carolina. Um, I have a 14-year-old son named Jaden. Um, I was raised by my grandpa, my grandparents. Um, my grandma was an amazing woman. Uh, my grandpa, not so much. Um, my mom was an addict in and out of prison. Um, I never met my father. Um, I started getting sexually abused by my grandfather when I was 13. I never wanted to tell my grandma because I didn't want to hurt her. I can remember not having school and my grandma would go to work and I would take off and hide in the woods all day just to hide from my grandpa. I quit school when I was 16 and I started getting rebellious. <clears throat> I was hurt, hopeless, disgusted with myself. I hated the world and everything in it. I started out smoking pot, taking Xanax, taking pain pills, anything I could do to numb the pain to feel like anyone other than myself. There's actually quite a few years that I don't even remember, and the thought of what I did to myself and others literally makes me sick. I ended up slowing down, got a job, got my diploma, and I had my son at 19. I was still using, but at the time I thought I was good because I had it under control. Even though I was raising my son by myself, it was okay because I had a family of my own. 
I was working 12-hour shifts, and I was a functioning addict, and I did this for about six years. I then met my now ex, and I hid my using from him. When he found out that I was using, he made me feel like the most awful person in the world. Needless to say, he had a secret, too. When I called him, his attitude changed. Now it was, well, we might as well get high together. I slowly started to lose everything, my car, my job, my house. Just when I thought it couldn't get no worse, it did. I moved in with him, and not long after that, the abuse came. First, it was mentally, which that by itself, you know, tore me down. I'd rather someone punch me in the face than mentally mess with your head. Um, I took my son to, my grand to his grandparents because it was getting harder to hide the marks and the bruises. When I pulled out of the driveway, I left most of myself there also. I never went back to get them. And as time went by, I wanted to call, but it just got harder. It became a cycle. I didn't want to feel anything or deal with all the emotions, so I, <clears throat> I would use hoping it would just all go away. Guilt and shame had completely took over me. I was isolated from my family, and I wasn't allowed to go anywhere or talk to anyone. The last night I can remember, he beat me severely, and I was trying to leave. and grabbed his gun, I took off running. It was only by the grace of God that he didn't kill me. As I'm walking on the side of the road, a man stopped to pick me up. Well, the devil wasn't done because the man turned out to be the dealer. I got turned on to the IV meth, heroin, and fentanyl, and I was done with life, all my life. I've never been able to get anything right, so what was wrong with me? I dug myself a hole so deep I didn't see a way out of it. I started sleeping in cars, people's homes that I really didn't know, and I had a hard time with the IV use on myself, so I started going to my new friend to help out with that. Well, he was just as twisted because he liked to use that to his advantage. I'm not sure how many times I was raped after that. The sad thing about it was I kept going back, and that was a quick fix to stay numb. By now, I didn't keep using for fun or even to feel high. I kept using so I didn't feel anything, no emotions, nothing. I remember being on the bedroom, bedroom floor yelling out for God, asking me why, asking why, begging him to take it away or take me away. Shortly after, I found out I was pregnant, and maybe that was a sign from God, but I chose to ignore it. I didn't want to bring a child in this world from being raped, so I had an abortion. I had already let my son down, and nobody deserved to have me as a mother. So after this, I felt so alone and empty. I felt judged, looked down on, embarrassed. And by now, I was put on probation, so I didn't care. So I ran for a while. <clears throat> I woke up in a ditch and was arrested. And I was in there with no bond until they found me a bed. I didn't see it at the time, but God had answered my prayers, even if it wasn't exactly what I had in mind. When I came to Bethel, I was depressed, broken, insecure, and didn't trust anyone. I didn't see any hope, and after a few weeks, God really started working in my life. He taught me how to rethink everything. After four years of not seeing my son, God started restoring that relationship. So I now talk to him every day. God has started to build me up again, and I'm actually finding out who I am for once in my life. As, other, as others would say, I have a light in me now. God has brought me out of the deep, dark depression I was in. The thing I feared the most was just actually dealing with everything. God used that to set me free. God says we will not get well on our own, and I know now God is a true father. He shows up every day in my life, and he just keeps surprising me every day. Bethel has shown me what a real family is like. The relationship and the bondage I have with my sisters is amazing. And God says he gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers. I was really nervous about doing this, but when I was out there, I didn't have any hope. And if I can give somebody hope to let them know that there is a light out there, 
received, and I'm all for it. You just got to submit and give it all to God. We hear a lot about what addicts do to get their addiction, but a lot of times we don't hear about the hurt that's going on in their heart and why they're taking band-aids from the world to cover up that hurt and that wound of what goes on. And I hope as you hear that testimony and other testimonies there that you hear and see when you see somebody struggling with addiction, you know there's something going on greater than the surface of addiction. There's a wounded person there that needs Jesus. That needs Jesus. Amen. Amen there. Brother Troy. Brother Troy is a um, graduate from our program. Um, he is uh, also a graduate of our BSP program. And I'll let him share what God's been doing and what he's getting ready to do. My name is Troy Westmoreland. I am 24 years old, and I'm blessed to be here. I'm blessed to be alive this morning, because I don't deserve to be here. I'll be standing up here in front of y'all, giving a testimony of what Christ has done in my life. Um, apart from him, I can do nothing. Uh, John 15 says that he is the vine, and, and we are the branches, Amen. and that I can't do anything outside of him and outside of his power, I, and I still I had to hit my knees every day and ask him to forgive me for trying to do anything, anything outside of his power, outside of that wellspring of life that is Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> I was born on October 29th, 1997. Uh, my mom and my dad were both addicts uh, at that time. They uh, were in, you know, just a party lifestyle. They, they come out of that when my dad was in, I met my mom in Wilmington where she grew up and uh, that carried on over. I, you know, have memories uh, as a young child of, of, uh, of you know, marijuana in the house, a bong on the top shelf, uh, uh, having, you know, going and doing my homework and then coming out and smelling weed, which I didn't know what that smelled like then, but now I do. And um, I have those, those memories. Uh, my dad went to prison back when I was eight or nine years old uh, in 2006. I'd have been nine. Um, he was in prison for two years. At that point, my mom, she went to jail, and DSS got involved, and she about lost me. They about lost me. Um, spent some time with my grandparents, and uh, uh, she, uh, she found the Lord while my dad was in jail. My dad got saved while he was in prison uh, through prison ministry. Uh, I wanted, That's so vitally important. The Lord's put that on my heart here lately. I mean, uh, and so he made a turnaround, and... She made a big turnaround. I got in church. So I've been in church ever since I was 10 years old, three nights a week. My mom didn't mess around. It was Sundays, and then it was Sunday night and Wednesday night. My mom wasn't playing. Amen. She got her a taste of Jesus, and she was going to give me a taste too. Um, I want to read I want to read a verse. I want to read a verse. So, and I, I was saved. I was saved when I was, I, had, I mean, 11, 12, 13 years old. I, it was young when I come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I was broken. I knew that I couldn't do anything 
uh, good enough for God and that I needed Jesus. And I, and I knew that. I knew that with all my heart. The devil tries to rob me of that every day because of the mistakes I made, saying, oh, you maybe you ain't saved and this and all that. And I, I, I'm, I'm through with that, praise God. But um, I don't want to hear it no more. I tell that dirty devil, I said, I don't want to hear it no more. Amen. <laughs> Um, uh, Revelation, but uh, Revelation 12, verses 10 uh, and 11. Revelation 12, verses 10 and 11. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now it's come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. I had the blood of the Lamb and I had a testimony, but I'll tell you, I got that last part wrong. I loved my life unto death. I was a, mer a meth and a heroin addict for five years. Um, I started smoking weed when I was 15. My mom and my dad started having pr problems in their marriage. Um, started having troubles in their marriage. Uh, my father fell back into sin, the ways of the world. I know y'all know the parable about the soils. Uh, the, those thorns and those thistles crept up, and um, uh, he started having problems in his marriage. So to cope with that, I went to the very thing that I tore my that tore my family apart to begin with. That I said I'd never do, that I'd never touch. I went to those very things. One day, a buddy of mine said, "Well, you just wouldn't try it." And I said, "Well." I, let, let's do it. And, it, and it was all from there. They say marijuana is not addictive. I'm here to tell you wrong, child. I'm here to tell you wrong, sir. Wrong, man. Marijuana is addictive. Alcohol is the worst of them, and it's legal. It's found on every shelf. I'm here to tell you that they're wrong. It's highly addictive because I tried it the first time. I said, I got to get me more of that. You know what? Because I was trying to fill a God-sized hole with things of this world, and I tried for years and for years and for years. Every couch, every car, every dark corner, every pit, every snare, I fell into them, church. I'm telling you. And I'll tell you what. God rescued me out of every single one he is good he is good I have seen the evidence of his goodness today time and time again I don't deserve to be here because I repented come back to God fell again repented come back to God fell again I'll tell you I got that last part wrong I love my life unto death I love this world more than I love Jesus Christ and I'm telling you what he's restored me he's made me whole he brought me to Bethel colony bless God and I'll tell you what he set my feet on a spot on a solid rock Psalms 40 40 says he lifted me out of the miry clay set my feet on that solid rock and I tell you that was Bethel colony for me that was Bethel colony hallelujah they're doing mighty work I tell you we've seen the blood of the lamb we've heard these testimonies and God is good and I'm here to tell y'all that tonight if y'all can't tell I'm going to Bible college this fall and I just cannot wait I just cannot wait y'all but that's Jesus this old boy, this old boy don't like school. This old boy don't want to submit. This old boy don't want to submit to discipline, protect and guard my thought life. Every one of them other principles that I done forgot, hallelujah. And, uh, uh, and I'll tell you what, this it wasn't this old boy, it's him and him all the way. So I'm just telling you, God is good and he is in the saving business, hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Will you remain standing with me, please? As you stand, if you're able. I don't know about you, but I get the sense that we're in some of those labor pains the Bible talks about. You got that sense in your spirit as you read the scripture? of those wars and rumors of wars, of those pestilence and diseases that are increasingly every single more. The Bible talks about those birth pains. 
something. The earth is groaning out for his return. As the, the enemy in the world knows that he may break that eastern cloud any day and with that shout of an archangel call us on up. The enemy is using every tactic he can, every chemical he can, every compromise he can to kill, steal, and destroy lives. And we as a church can't compromise. You think about what compromise is going to cost. Not just time, not just money. It might be your child. Only by God's grace, Troy can stand up here and now proclaim what the Lord's done in his life. Only by God's grace has he brought him to a point to surrender that he wants to be obedient to God's call to go preach the gospel. Only by God's grace and what God's done in Carrie's life can she stand up here and share all the deepness of what's going on in her heart because she's been saved, forgiven, born again, and has a hope for what God's going to do in her life and her child's life. We need as a church to come around those that are hurting, not with judgment, not with disdain, but come around with the loving arm of Almighty God and encourage, lift up, sow seed, come alongside of, keep watering that seed and seeing what God can do. Amen? Amen. I, I don't know all what God did in this service right now, but I'm going to pray because I believe that God every single day is knocking on doors, every single day drawing somebody closer. I, I believe He's probably also stirred up in your heart. There's some people that we need to pray for that's right here in Taylorsville, right here in your county there that needs to be prayed for and could use the help of what's going on in this church, could use the help of what's going on at Bethel Colony. And we've got to step out of our comfort zone and ask for the courage and inspiration of the Holy Spirit to help us reach and sow that seed. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, right now as we bow our head, we come to you humbly, God. We come to you humbly, God. And we hear the salvation work that you're doing. And Lord, you are calling out across this congregation. You're calling out across the streaming on Facebook. You're calling out and asking, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. If you're that individual that you're weary, if they are that individual that you're burdened with what's been going on in your life and you don't see the hope, you don't see an answer, I'm asking you, will you humble yourself before Almighty God and will you call on His name in your distress, in your problems there, will you call on His name? I believe He will come alongside. I believe if you invite Him in His life, in your life there, the Scripture says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you need to get saved this morning? Do you need to come lay down a burden that is too weighty for you? Do you need to come and surrender to a call that God has been pulling on your heart for ages now? Do you need to come and lay a name 
down at this altar. Lay down a life, a family down at this altar and lift them up to Almighty God. I don't know exactly what you need to do, but will you be obedient to God right now and come? Your pastor's up here. He'd love to pray with you. Bethel men, Bethel ladies, if you need to come and bow a knee before Almighty God, come do so. What do you need to do? Will you make a move towards Him right now? Will you come call on Him right now? Will you come trust Him right now? Will you come pray for someone in your home, in your community?
Amen. As I turn this over to Pastor Jamie, thank you so much, Pastor, for inviting us. Thank you, church, for having us. Thank you so much. It's a joy to come and be with you. Will you please, can I remind you, pick up a brochure, pick up a newsletter on the back table back there. If you'd like to keep getting a newsletter, uh, will you uh, go on BethelColony.org? and uh, put in, uh, there's a little tab right there at the bottom. If you put in your address there, uh, we'll send you one every two months there. And real quick, if you're a staff member at Bethel, will you hold your hand up? All right. Keep, keep those hands up for a second there. And part of the reason I'm getting you to hold your hands up there is if you're someone who, who knows somebody who needs help and you want to talk to one of these staff members, uh, their men's campus, women's campus. Will you come up to them? We'd love to share with you how someone can come to Bethel, what it takes there, uh, and we'll definitely pray with you. Amen? Pastor Jamie? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. I want you to know that our church will be praying for you, and we're going to support this ministry, at least until I die. I don't know what the guy by after me is going to do, but thank you so much. I love you. I, if you don't have a church home, whenever you complete this program, as a pastor, I'll love you. I'll be there for you, and I'll help you. I promise. Amen. God bless you. I want our ushers to be at the door. Before we leave, I'm going to have a word of prayer. Uh, please make out the check to East Hazel Baptist Church. If, you have, if you're going to make out a check, put Bethel in the memo line. Also, you can give online. That'll be up all week. Invest. Invest in this ministry, all right? I believe in it. You've seen the evidence of it. Appreciate their pastor. Pray for the pastor. I hope you pray for your pastor. Is that not a blessing to have somebody like that in your life? Pray for him. Thank you, brother. And we can't wait to have you back here next year, all right? Let me pray for us and we'll be dismissed. Fathers, we come to you in prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Father, you change lives. Father, I pray for this group. Lord, I pray for their families. Lord, those that have children. Lord, you can reconcile. You can do anything. Father, I pray that when their program is over, Lord, their journey's just begun. And Father, use them for your honor and for your glory. Trophies of your grace. Father, I'm thankful to belong to a church that loves these people in this ministry. And Father, I pray that this offering would be used to glorify your name, to expand your kingdom, and to transform lives. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you for the things that you alone can do, and we love you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's people said together, amen. amen. God bless you. Thank you. You're dismissed. Wonder working power in the blood.